The following program is recommended for ages 18 and over due to adult content. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Behind the Scenes, a look at some of the sometimes steamy inside of Hollywood with your host, Hollywood executive and former Victoria's Secret model, Summer Helene. Our program features the gossip, the dish, and the stories of what's really going on behind your favorite movies, television shows, and celebrities from the people who are involved in the industry. Now, here is your host, Summer Helene. G'day, g'day guys. Welcome to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we have a whole bunch to talk to you about today on the show. But first, I'm going to introduce, uh, bring on my very favorite person in the world, my co-host and one of your favorite people in the world, at least according to Twitter, my co-host, Paul Michael Boll, and host of The Militant Moderate. How are you doing, Paul? Yeah, again, I really need to go to Twitter. Maybe I could at least, you know... It would boost your up. ego. Yeah, it, it would okay, boost your ego. Enough. But, like, you know, Facebook's kind of become a thing for, like, old people. So no one goes to Facebook anymore. What? It's for businesses and old people. I know, but it's for businesses and old people. So think think like Twitter's popular, TikTok's popular, um, Wishbone's pretty good, Whisper's always good, um, Hater's not so great, Insta is kind of... Hater? So Hater, Hater, it's it's you you bond with people over things you hate. Um, that's, that kind of came with the iPhone now, so it's getting some backlash. They YouTube'd themselves. Um, but <laughs> oh, I got that. I finally got that reference. Uh, it took me uh, a second to get the reference. So, it's haters is an app that comes with the iPhone and you can't get it off no matter how much you try. You can get it off, you could get it off immediately. They learned from the YouTube fiasco, the YouTube fiasco, ah, yes. But you can get it off. It's actually kind of funny. Um, Instagram is not bad, but it's still like kind of getting played out. Um, Snapchat's dead, but TikTok is really popular. Uh, I spend a lot, you know, I like that. And uh, Twitter, Twitter's starting to get towards the older crowd too now, um, but it's it's definitely more popular. Yeah, and Periscope's I, dead. Oh, yeah. I tried to Periscope from the slut walk. That didn't quite work out so well. No. No, I give it a shot, though. No. Periscope's an interesting one. I'm not opposed to Periscope. Um, I think it's a great... I think it was a great app, but once it was bought up by Twitter, it kind of died because they were pushing the Twitter brand. They weren't as worried about Periscope. Oh, okay. Well, uh, Twitter, can you live stream off of Twitter? Not particularly. You're supposed to use Periscope for it. Huh. But Periscope, Periscope's their way of doing it. They took Periscope and it's kind of died out since then. It's not great. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I, I tried, and the video that I was uploading up was that was way down somewhere, you know, almost somewhere in like the two hundred to uh, like the two ten range or something, or four eighty or wherever that is. Is uh, basically looked like it was done by a camera phone from circa nineteen ninety nine or something like that. Was it done on a camera phone from nineteen ninety nine? Well, that's what my Periscope feed looked like. <laughs> Yeah, per- Periscope, I don't really bother much. There's a there's a social networking app for people in the entertainment industry. It's kind of invite only. Um, that one's a good one. Um, but it's it's meeting other people in entertainment. It's um, for actors and producers and people to meet other actors and produce. Like, it, it's entertainment only, like entertainment industry only. But it's mm-hmm. not, um, like Sarah Silverman's on there. She's cool to talk to. Like, there are a lot of 
just random people on there that you wouldn't expect. I know. Uh, um, so it's basically like the uh, it's the club with the velvet rope. Yeah, I'll send you an invite. It's actually pretty cool. Um, it, it's it's interesting, but I'm finding a lot more deals being made on that now than than I'm doing at work. Like people turning around, and being like, "Hey, are you on this project? Or what are you doing here? Or do you want to pick this project up?" Like I'm working on a project now. It's um, Receiver of Many, uh, and it's by uh, Rachel Alexander. It's a uh, it's uh, Hades and Persephone story. It's actually really mm-hmm. good. Good book, good book. So I'm working on that, and um, I've I've gotten like I I did my normal call agents, call distribution, like start calling to the people I need to call. But I've gotten more done on on social media now than I did, you know, than in, and in half the time. It's really weird. So it's a good place if you're trying to get stuff made. Go hide there. Fair enough. Um, and there's a way. There's of course way to like. Uh, privately talk to somebody on the platform, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you just privately message. But once you're on the platform, it works very much the same way Facebook does, where you can kind of email whoever. Um, you just have to you have to be invited by somebody on it, and then they approve you. It's not a bit. It's it's good. I think it's because I see pictures of. Um, I'm not going to say who because that's the point of the damn app. But you do see some A-listers like just putting out regular pictures that clearly aren't um, like them and their kids. Things they wouldn't put on Facebook, things they wouldn't put on Twitter. It's just a regular things that social might give media. away their location. Exactly. You know, still still want to share it with friends. Now, I, exactly. I, I believe that uh, Facebook has like a massive settings that you can that you can keep people away from. It does. It does, but it's still really easy to find. Um, I, I almost never use Facebook now because most of my inbox is people pe- people wanting to make movies now. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just interesting to see it from that perspective because it, it is it's just like a Facebook for entertainment people who aren't particularly worried about wanting to get this out there or not wanting to put all this private information out there, but still wanting to operate and use social media in a normal way. Well, I mean, I could definitely see, uh, <laughs> a lot of people are going to want to be jumping on that. Uh, now that now that we've kind of like outed it, who was that? I don't know who started that. I have no idea. It's been around for a couple of years now, um, but it's you figure, gotten you figure that 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 uh, that kind of programming. That's just basically a group of people who want to talk to each other and nobody else. Yeah, could be done for like uh, like stewardesses or, uh, people who work in the auto industry or people, you know, like that. That's a good business model. You know, mm-hmm. that's a good idea, but yeah, that's exactly it. So this is just the entertainment version of it. Now, if you take a photo of someone's wall and put it on your own social media or put it somewhere else, you're banned. And once you're banned, you're banned. So you break the rules, you're out, you know? Um, what I do find interesting is I have met uh, on there, like a couple people that are, you know, paparazzi or even work for the rag mags and they right. don't touch, they don't touch anything. Like everyone really respects it. And I like that. Ooh, yeah. yeah I, I, uh, until so, it's great until someone doesn't like that's the, yeah. And it's like, uh, really there's uh paparazzi are being respectful. Really? Like it, it's really surprising. Well, I should say there are journalists on there. And some of them do have a history with the rag mags, but it's not like straight paparazzo. It's okay, journalists. Fair. 
Yeah, because so those guys, just, are, you know, and you know, God bless them. They we kind of they, you know, they do what they do, and they help the industry along. You know, now everything seems to be out there on social media, anyways. But you know, it's still different. There are still things you don't want out there. There are still things you don't want loose. Yeah, agreed. And I saw, uh, well, Will Smith was on The Daily Show not too long ago. And he talked about how before, you know, in order to make your, when you had to be a movie star, you had to be a bit of a, bit of a recluse to like do an aura of mystery. That way the only way you can see him, see him is for, you know, buying a a $20 movie ticket on Friday. That's all changed. Now people want to know who you are. Now people want to see every, like almost every bit of your life. And still, you can't give them everything. That's it. And this is for the parts you don't want to give them. What's so strange about it, though, is once upon a time, nobody gave a shit who the directors were. I'd like to remind everyone, every time we swear, we give money to the Boys and Girls Club <laughs> of America. Boys and Girls Club America. of America. You're killing me, Paul. Um the Humane Society of America and Free MMA. Because we support children and animals. Oh. So we're swearing for charity. Oh. Um, <laughs> I do. <laughs> um, why do I even know there's any swearing in that? It's so hard. Poor Alexis has to go through <laughs> polls. My assistant Alexis has to go through all Paul's messages. And she does more swearing than there is on the show. Trying to figure out <laughs> listening to the sections. I'm, I'm just here to help. And it's for charity. <laughs> exactly. But uh, people didn't used to care. Like, if you're a director, if you're a producer, they're like, oh, yeah, I don't care who you are. Yeah, that was the 70s. I think there was uh, the director as superstar was a book that I read where they, uh, when the film Brad explosion, explosion of like the late 60s, early 70s happened. It's like, uh, yeah. And there's a, a director does have a lot to do with how a movie looks, feels, and everything. Also, yeah. now the directors became superstars. Now the producers mm-hmm. are starting to do it. I'm like, have you guys seen producers, like, dressed in black, 400 pounds, clearly dying? Well, I've also known a bunch of producers. Uh, one in particular who, was, uh, who produced some uh, top-shelf stuff. stuff. He said he's been doing the job for the last 18 years, and he still doesn't know what the hell it is. Yeah, that's the best way to describe producing is, what's your job? Figure it the hell out. Yeah, you're a fireman. You know, you just yeah. got to put out fires and keep them from starting and just, just kind of wait for the bear trap to snap at any given moment. Well, I think the best way I ever heard it put was filmmaking is like um, is like flying a plane. If the plane was already on fire and missing a wing. Mm-hmm. You yeah, just kinda that sounds go. about the third. That, that, this, that clearly describes the third week of most film shoots. I cry by the third week. It does like I don't like to say that, but whatever. Doesn't matter what project it is. Can be A list, can be D list. Doesn't matter what project it is. By the time I get to the third week, I hate everyone. I'm crying, mm-hmm. and so much has gone so wrong. And then you have that thought of I don't know how this much can go wrong this quickly. Oh, you never say those words out loud. I know, uh, but <laughs> and I know it's like the more money you have, you. You know, there, there's like a sweet spot. I think there's, it's like the, the two to three million dollar picture. Yeah. Where you're not dealing with twenty million dollar actors who can, who don't need your shit and can leave at any moment. Yep. Uh, or have you fired? Yep. Uh, and they're 
you generally work with actors who are just happy to get the work. But well-known enough and professional enough not to be a fuck-up. In theory. They still, yeah. We're still talking about actors. Valid point. And I say that with having a SAG card since 1999. Yeah, but. no, I, I, I get it. I, I was an actor, too. I, I'm still in SAG. Like, it's... Yeah. I get it. You're right. Well, yeah, because, you know, actors are just uh, weird people, so... The worst um, for me, it's not the, even the actors. I can handle an actor. I have trouble with, like, the classically trained. Where you're like, go put on your monster makeup. I am a classically trained. Shut up. The best example of that, did you ever see, it was a great film, Galaxy Quest. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, Alan Rickman. Like, Alan Rickman. I was a classically trained actor. I but, thought that was you know, phenomenal. From what I understand, he's a phenomenal actor to work with. Because most classically trained actors are professional. I agree with that. God bless Alan Rickman. God rest his soul. I really liked him. Mm, still, greatest on-screen villain ever. Agreed. I, I don't know. I get caught. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go with John that, Lithgow. John Lithgow was an amazing on-screen villain. Which time? <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Cliffhanger, uh, that that weird De Palma movie. Uh, that I didn't really like Cliffhanger. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, oh, it's, it, was it, uh... Oh, we have Bonsai? to go to break. Oh, yeah, okay, fair enough. We have to go to break. And we're supposed to be talking about TikTok. So Paul and I oh. went off on a tangent. We've com- Things have been derailed. By the time we get back, I swear, we'll be back on TikTok, social media, because we'll debate this in the break. I'm Summer Helene. We are on with my co-host, host of the Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Bolin, and we'll, about, blah, 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 blah. And we'll be right back after this. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England, along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week, and each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio, live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific, on Voice America Variety. Racers and Rental Cars is the program for wannabe pro racers and those interested in the racing profession and automotive industry. Join hosts Cameron Ferre and Don O'Neill as they take you behind the scenes with previews and review for race day. It's about the business as well as the fun. We've got the scoop, the guests, the discussion, and the WTF moments. All you need to do is bring your ears. Racers and Rental Cars heard every Saturday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite hosts. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access all the time. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back Behind the Scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on with my co-host, host of the Militant Modder, Paul Michael Bolin. Paul, are you playing with that toot toy in the background? Uh, I can't believe you guys hear that stuff. I've, I got my, <laughs> I got my shooting glasses on. I got my, you know, the one when I take shooting. I got those like over the earphones, that, and you guys That's can hear. That's fantastic. I, I know. So, I just keep. I can't stop playing. I can't. Really, <laughs> one of those people that needs to be playing with something. Okay. So I gotta Paul get got a, a toot. Paul okay. got a toot machine. Uh, he actually took it around adult con, and I'm trying to be serious and have these serious discussions about like the film industry and adult entertainment and da da da. And then there's Paul right next to me. Toot sound. Toot sound. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, this is really difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's the point, but you know, it, now granted it is, is great. There's a, a guy by the name of Jack Vale and I bought these, uh, pooters from China for like $2 each and he sells them for 10 bucks on Amazon. But yeah, there's nothing funnier than being in stuck in a crowded elevator and just having one of those, <laughs> you know, just ready to go at any given moment. But I don't want to, I don't want the show to turn into like, you know, uh, drive time DJ with Kirby and the man. <laughs> You know, that kind of stuff. So we're just going to put that over here. I wasn't <laughs> like, aware I'm that y'all heard that. I'm going to put the toot machine down. I'm like, what is that? Is that that? <laughs> That's great. All right. I know we're supposed to be focused, but we're going to jump back onto uh, Alan Rickman because where the hell not? Everyone knows right. TikTok's awesome. <laughs> and Alan Rickman's better. Yeah. So. Uh, that was something that I brought up in, in the break because Alan Rickman, uh, when I say the greatest villain of all time, I'm referring to what he did as Hans for with uh, as Hans Gruber Hans in Die Gruber, Hard. Yeah. Uh, but I did mention that he, and well, we're probably going to get some letters for this one. He made rape funny. <laughs> he did though. <laughs> Explain, Paul. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Kevin Costner, uh, you know, which who couldn't quite do it to an English accent. <laughs> uh, there's a, there, at the scene at the end of the movie where he is trying to uh, basically live on by impregnating uh, Mary Elizabeth Mastrantonio. Antonio, before the you know Robin Hood and all of its all the uh, fans attack and you know take back the castle, all that kind of stuff. But he did this thing where he jumped up between her feet and just kind of slid him off to the side. And you know, somebody hasn't made a gif out of that. I really don't know why. But yes, at the end of that movie, I laughed, and every woman that I watched it with has also laughed. So that's that's the thing because it's dangerous. Now I know it was like. You know, in Brian Adams' heyday of 1990, but and it's not today. So you know, you know I don't know. I, I, the people one, really don't have a sense of humor today. I liked Robin Hood Men in Tights. That was one of the cracks they made. Was unlike other Robin mm-hmm. Hoods, I have a real British accent. Yes, I, I was channeling Gary Eloise when I when I said I that love line. that. Yeah, that's what I got. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that was fantastic. Sorry, <laughs> that was just that was my moment. Yeah. Um, so if you guys can keep up the accents, you know, seriously. Oh, the one that everyone was on about was uh, what a great, uh, they're, they're freaking out about Robert Pattinson being the new Batman. 
They're like, well, he can do an American accent. I was like, I don't know. He said the word worried English when he did Twilight. And so I sent it out to everyone. They got so mad at me because now you can't unhear it. Even he botches it. It just, I don't know. I don't know. He's a, he seems to be a good actor. So He is a very good actor. I just had to mess with him. And I know he's like a heartthrob and everything, but I think he is a genuinely good actor. Unlike his counter, you know, unlike his uh, counterweight. Oh, Wolf Boy, <laughs> Wolf Boy was. was not great, no, but worse than Wolf Boy was Deadpan Girl. Uh, oh, oh the, fair enough. Yeah, she's very lifelike. Mm. She is. She's the best wax doll I've ever seen. So. Do you look? Fair enough. Okay, we were supposed to talk about TikTok after we talked about making rape funny. because you know, We do, and we were supposed to do the giveaway. Yeah. So I'm going to do this real quick. I want to give okay. a shout out to my product partners real quick, the people that have, keep me gorgeous, because I have a red carpet on Sunday. I'm going to be over at um, the Silver Scream Film Awards, and I wanted to give a shout out to Tiny Bubbles Hair Salon. Thank you for making my hair gorgeous. Off-road rentals, thank you for the free giveaways. Bikram Yoga, I really need to go back out because you'll make my ass look good when I go there. The New Palm Springs Diet, a great way to get skinny. Graduate Tempe Hotel, Four Paws Coffee, UFC's gym, UFC Gyms, blah, blah, blah. Castlewood Cottages, True Rest Floats, Sedona and Las Vegas. Now, some of these, uh, you guys can get free stuff. You could get a, a float at True Rest, Sedona or Vegas. You can take it to any True Rest um, float spa. You can get a free ATV ride. Really, it's up to you. Uh, I mean, all we want from you is tell us three movies, not the Harry Potter franchise, where Alan Rickman was a good guy. And I know that we and, said... And, and uh, we're, we're, we're already going to not count Love Actually because he wasn't a good guy in that one. You no, made Emma Thompson on cry. Yes. You make Emma Thompson cry, you're on my shit list. Mm-hmm. But then I like Kenneth Branagh and he cheated on Eric, Emma Thompson with uh, Helena Bonham Carter, so I don't know. They, and then they were all in Harry Potter, so I guess it all worked out. Okay, so that was that was really weird and roundabout. Speaking of rapey things, but this one's not funny, we were going to talk about uh, James Franco's rape school, is what I just Googled and came up. Ah, yeah. So James Franco, apparently he's he's got a civil suit against him by a couple of uh, people who had paid to attend that that school and uh, first one of the classes was uh somewhat titled like uh how to uh perform in a sex scene which when i told you that earlier before we were doing the i pre-show, thought it was a good idea hear me out i've done it, no, no, no. Sex it is a good idea because they're know? hard they're really hard <laughs> i've i and and on this is a, this is both sexes mm-hmm. i've had i've i've you know, we film sex, you know, sex scenes, and this is not in porn. This is in like indie movies, where I've movie, heard movies, yeah. an actor on both of both genders, genders say, "What makes you think you were allowed to touch me there?" Mm-hmm. You know, I happens say on that. I've heard films. women say that. Yeah, it happens yeah. on people, big budget films. It really it's, people just get caught up in the moment. But then there's how James Franco allegedly did it. No, I, I'm going to say this. You hear about things like uh, we were talking about Fran Drescher and Robin Williams. They had a sex scene. He kept popping out of his jock strap. She's like, hey, just take it off. We're supposed to be in the throes of passion. It's fine. Yeah, I've done, well, I've done sex scenes where guys Robin, have like. Robin was a very, very furry man. Yeah, that's what they say. Oh, She's like, okay. he was mostly fur. But right. um, 
I've done sex scenes where I've had guys try and cop a feel. And on the flip side, I've had guys like really trepidatious. Is this okay? Is this okay? Is this okay? Yeah, the ones I did, I was that guy. I'm like, I don't wear, I, uh, what, what's in the script? Yeah. What's and, next? and it's like, okay, we yeah. stick to what's in the script. And you yeah. go through, and it does make it easier if you step aside with whoever you're working with and kind of go through it. Yeah. And find talk. out communication Just matters. <laughs> I learned that the hard you know, way. Hey, first 80s, when you got one of those freaking those scenes coming up, get the director and the, who, however many actors are involved, yep. involved, and maybe the animal handler. Yeah, I know. Things are things have got really weird back in the early 2000s. And get them all <laughs> in, a, in a space together to talk about what's going on. Yeah. And the, and, the, and the more dramatic the sex scene, like I've done the ones fully nude, guys on top fully nude. We, I mean, really not PG-13 style. And I'm, again, I'm not mm -hmm. talking about porn. I'm just talking about film. Right. And the, the more exposure, the more nudity, the, more, the less PG-13 the sex scene, the more communication you need to have. Mm, yeah, well, I, the, it's it, more of a con the longer it's going to take a longer conversation. But everybody and that's a good way of putting it. Yeah, thing, thing. and uh, first ads. If it looks like it's not going to happen, the meeting, make it happen. I like that. I like that. It's a really good idea. And just like I said, being on the other side of it, I've I've gotten upset about things. I've yeah. done things that have upset other people. Yeah. I've had like, these shoots where sex scenes happen and that conversation that didn't happen. Ooh, yeah. you know, either, you know, either it's a, you got two people who just have zero chemistry yeah. because they're so afraid about touching one another. There's yeah. no like, uh, or even if the, if the, even in the scene, if the characters have been together a long time there, it doesn't look, they don't look like two people who've been together for 10 years. You know? I th the worst one, and it always made me feel bad when I haven't had the conversation and I'm doing the sex scene or something and the guy would get an erection and it was just the look of horror on his face. Yeah. So I'm, yeah, I'm sitting there, my top's off, I'm on top of this guy or he's on top of me or whatever's going on. And I had one where the guy got an erection and he freaked out. He was a musician turned actor. This was kind of his, him beginning into acting. He's actually mm -hmm. quite well known now, very, very well known. But when I did this scene with him, he's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I'm like, "It's dude, chill. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, I was in a scene where I was supposed to get a lap dance from a girl who had uh, been in Playboy, and uh, she was a juggie on the man show. So she was hot. And, oh, ridiculously hot. Just that, yeah, just like, oh. Crazy, stupid hot, yeah. Right, yeah, just like on the other side of sanity. And I'm like, uh, all right, I already feel like something's about to happen. <laughs> and I'm like, look, I'm sorry. Do you want us to get like a rubber mat? Because you can request that as an actor. Yeah. Basically, yeah. And we and there was a scene and like right next to me in the same scene. I don't want to mention the movie because it was a shitty production. Uh, but there was an underage actor, an underage boy who was kind of get it was somewhat getting a lap dance, too. Yeah. Well, he basically I, had a couch cushion over his uh, tender bits. Yeah. While the and that's what the uh, girls jumped on, and I'm like, that's you know, because make that happen. Also, you can cut up car mats. I've car I've mats had during sex scenes areas, you know, to make the actors more comfortable. And you sh you should and feel free to ask for this stuff. I, you shouldn't I feel ashamed to ask for this. Yeah. Stuff. 
I, I had an act of finish while we were not even into the sex scene, just prepping. And I felt awful for him. Really awful. I'm not, and again, I'm not going to say who or what, or that's just not. Fair. Right. Well, that, here's that, a baby that, wipe. That shit happens. Yeah. I'd, I'd probably chuck a black of baby wipes at him and say, take five, you know, or something mm. like, like Oh, no, no one said anything. Everyone's just probably up didn't happen again, right? Well, actually, the, it was the best thing I ever heard, and it came from the director. Again, well-known director. He pulled the guy aside. He's like, uh, masturbate before any sex scene you have. Makes it a hell of a lot easier. Then you're focused on the job. Oh, not like the, that's, that's, that's like the uh, uh, advice you give somebody, you, you give a boy before he you know has his first sexual mm -hmm. experience. Yeah. I was like, All oh, right. okay. It's not bad advice. Um, but don't oh. handle it like James Franco. We actually have to go to break, and I want to go into the James Franco thing, so let's do that real quick. Ah, crap. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. So apparently <laughs> he was the main teacher of this class. The sex scene class. Sex yeah. scene. And only for the female students. James Franco has been a problem anyway. I, I don't know him. I'm going to say this. I don't know him. Um, right. I've heard stories, good and bad. So this isn't mm -hmm. someone that I'm speaking from personal experience on. But we've been hearing stories about him for a while. Yeah. Like the 17-year-old and the like. He's He's a little creepy, but we'll see. We'll see where this suit goes. You know, it could be, the, the, again, all of this is alleged. Well, apparently, the sex the sex scene class did it was part of the curriculum. Uh, again, whether or not done he was well, the one who especially, you know, it, it's like okay, so he's the only one teaching this class, or he's the only one teaching the women in this class. Eh, it's a little creepy, dude. That's bit. where I would be. And the, the flip side of that is if you're teaching the class, you need to be teaching women and men. I've had scenes with both women and men. Um, most men now do play straight roles, gay roles. So that doesn't apply singularly. This isn't 1950. So if you are just seeking out the women and you're uncomfortable teaching the men the same things, then I'm going to question your motives. Big time. Huge. Really bad. Um, yeah. We are going to, <laughs> to go to break now that we have run over time because Paul and I got on sex scenes. Is it uh, enough women throwing themselves? I don't know. Okay. I'm sorry. Just, uh, no, he, he should. He should have enough women throwing themselves at him, but I have absolutely, I, I, I just don't know. Um, when we come back, we're going to be on with Nathan Rickle from the owner of the Tiny Bubbles Hair Salon. He's done a whole bunch of stuff in Hollywood. You can find him, uh, hashtag Nathan Rickle. He has tinybubbles.com. Okay, okay, okay. Well, let him intro himself since we've run out of time. I'm Sima Helene. We're with my co-host, Paul Michael Boland. We're very late to break. I'm sorry. We'll be right back after this. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com if you are interested in real estate in America's largest city or anywhere, be sure to listen for Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Although our focus is on Manhattan and other real estate markets in and around New York City, we'll have plenty of information that will help you successfully buy, sell, and close a transaction no matter where you are in the world. Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. in New York, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. 
Tune in to The Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to The Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Behind the Scenes with host Summer Helene. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to bts at summerhelene.com. Now let's go back behind the scenes. G'day, g'day, guys. Welcome back to Behind the Scenes. I'm your host, Summer Helene, and we are on the line the Milton Otter, Paul Michael Bond. I'm choking. I, I stuck a cough drop in my mouth at the break. This sounds great. Ah. So <laughs> let's stop that. We'll probably choke. And I'd like to welcome to the show our very, very special guest, uh, Nathan Rickles, he's the owner of Tiny Bubbles Hair Salon. Nathan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Helene. Summer, how are you doing? I'm doing really, really well. Um, so we ran a little bit behind because we got caught up on the whole James Franco sexual assaulty thing, and then we started lecturing people on how to do sex scenes. Can you tell I everyone heard. a little bit about yourself? <laughs> Uh, well, um, I own Tiny Bubble Salon in Palm Springs, California, and I was in film and fashion for many, many years and still doing fashion and hair and makeup and uh, master colorist and stylist through multiple different directions. So in the industry, love it, and am proud to say if you all get to see Summer's hair, how pretty it looks. It looks phenomenal. Well, they'll see it. I've got an award show on <laughs> Sunday, so it'll be all over yep. there. Now, I'm going to ask you, um, you do hair, you do makeup. How did you parlay that into the film industry? Like, how did you, how did you move that into the film industry? Sorry, people on Twitter are asking. Well, I'm trying to respond. Say it one more time. I'm sorry. Oh, how I, did I get into I've got it questions coming through on Twitter. <laughs> awesome. um, I actually got into it because a film came into the local area that I was living, which was in New Mexico. And I was in the right place, right time, and just said, hey, no idea how to get into this, but do you guys need help? And it happened to be a non-union film at that point, and then that turned into pursuing it and finding going into L.A. and figuring out how that works. Um, it's a little different than behind the chair. Uh, the salon you're doing everyday wear versus on a film or on in a studio photo shoot. It's more for either a period or the creative artistry of working with a fashion designer. And so it's a little different, but it's a lot of fun because I can translate what I've learned on film and fashion back to the salon when people need something extra different. Now you've worked on some really big films. You've worked on into the West, the longest yard, believe in me, naked fear, three ten to Yuma, which was huge Comanche moon, the missing Mm -hmm. and Terminator salvation. Yes. What was your favorite film? Um, my favorite film? Mm-hmm. Your favorite you know, film to I work on? That was our first question. 
<laughs> my favorite film to work on, I actually really enjoyed The Missing. Uh, I worked closely with Kate uh, Blanchett, and I learned a lot on that film. I think that was one of the biggest things is, that was was working on wigs and really learning how to apply them without wrinkles, without it, and making it look really nice, really natural. Well, what's the trick to wearing a wig and making it look natural? <laughs> when you're applying it, don't stretch the skin when you're trying to glue down the lace, or else you're going to get the buckling right at the temple, and it's not going to glue down correctly. And then at the same time, making sure that the lace is the highest quality lace you can get. So, nice. That's easy. You're, yeah. you're, I don't understand a lot of what you're saying, but what I get is don't pull skin tight. <laughs> Very gentle, let it roll, and don't be pulling or, or crinkling up the skin when you're trying to glue it down. So Now, what was the most interesting experience you had on a film? I'm just getting a lot of Twitter questions today. <laughs> most interesting well, it depends on what your definition of interesting is, but um, I get it. it mm, I don't know. I mean, what you find, I found what was the most interesting is is the just the, the how it all is put together, how the shots that you think is being shot don't actually get on the um, the angles and what you think is being seen is not actually the same thing that you're actually looking at yourself. And so it's the, how they're all played together. The interesting parts are, you know, working all together and how it all comes together once you finally see it. I guess that would be my most interesting part of it. As far as interesting people are concerned, um, you, know, um, you know, it's fun to work with Chris Rock on The Longest Yard. And he was as nice and really, really nice and funny, just in person as well as on set. I like that. Now, the qu yeah, next I question. I almost oh, made sorry. the cut on that movie. Really? No, I almost made the cut on that movie. Yeah, I was supposed to be one of the football players, but I was a little too oh. big at that time. Well, that <laughs> now, that I'm going to ask, what was, the was... what was the best experience you had on a film or uh, shoot? Best experience um, on a photo shoot. Um, you know, one, uh, on a photo shoot, and it was also for a. So I did the stills for um, a music video. It was a small little music video for this young lady that was inspired by Janet Jackson, and she actually appeared on set. Um, unexpected. She was next door, and she came over to see this young lady that was really doing a lot and was inspired by her. And so she was one of the people that I've always wanted to meet and look, and she was so sweet. And so that was a highlight of a photo shoot. I've never heard anything but nice things about her. Now, our next question, and she, this one you've got a sweet. whole bunch of. Oh, sorry. Say it one more time. Okay. Oh, our next question, and we've gotten this one now a whole bunch of times. What is your worst uh -huh. experience on any film set or on any shoot? <laughs> worst experience is when I would say I was on a movie. <clears throat> I won't say all the details on it. However, it was actually having to work with somebody 
that had more attitude than the actors and everybody else did and wasn't willing to listen or work as a team. And it really affected how the whole atmosphere was. And it really brought down the creativity. And they had extra attitude, which there wasn't deserved. Does that make sense? That does. Yeah. Now, yeah. everyone's and that wanting was the to hard know, thing. What is, what is the best story you have from working around the industry? And I know here I've got people most embarrassing, you know, worst thing that happened. Everyone's wanting to know what's the most entertaining story. Let's call it that. It can be good, bad, anything. The most entertaining story. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because there's several of them. But So I guess the most fun, entertaining story was when I was working on The Missing. And I don't know who, whoever, if you all know who know anything about Kate Blanchett, you know that she is a somewhat reserved person until she gets to know you. But on set, on The Missing, she was her hairdresser, uh, Emmanuel Miller, um, I was on set assisting him, and I turn turn around, and here's Kate, almost as if she's playing like she's drunk, and just goofing off and just having the most fun, and it was definitely the most interesting experience and laughable experience. I like that. I, don't know, I didn't say that story was very funny. Sorry. That's <laughs> all right. It's, 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 it's been a long day already. <laughs> Like everyone else is looking for, like, entertain us. They're asking all these old questions. You're like, this is my best experience. You all ask, that's what you get. Now, I'm, I like that. Yep. That was a really good one. <laughs> what advice mm. would you give to young people? I have some guys and girls writing in here that want to know how they could get into doing this or how. what advice you'd have for them. Mm. Well, the best advice I have is be educated in the history of, let's say, if you're doing hair, or so if you're do, if you're an, if you're a hairstylist and want to get into doing film or fashion, I really take the time to know your history of hair, the different styles, the different periods, and truly find out what they are. The other part to it is really figure, find your specialty. Whether if you like to do wigs and special effects, really hone your craft and really own your craft. Don't. Be a general person. Really know what you're trying to do. If you're in a makeup, really truly learn and get the education behind it. These self-made makeup artists or the ones that say that they've just been self-taught, that would be fine to a certain extent To on uh, with fashion. Understand that there's a lot of YouTubers out there that's doing a lot of contour, a lot of makeup, a lot of those things. Understand that that's not reality. That's not really what happens. You don't do use that amount of makeup when you're doing high definition because you're going to see mm-hmm. it. I think the last time I was on, we kind of went over that a little bit. Uh, it's So really learn your education, how to get into it. Really start off with, you know, it's easy to get something under your belt by working with the local uh, film stu- schools and Put your time in there to start off with before you try to go and become, try to do in any of the bigger feature films or any of the unions. So understand how the system works and how those things work before you try to go big. I, I think that's really good advice. I'm going to add on to that and don't be a pain in the ass. 
People work yeah, with people they true. like. No, seriously. Yes. I go to people I like. I like working with people I like. No one wants to work with someone who turns into a prima donna. If you see something right. online, because a lot of these people now are like, oh, blah, 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 I saw this online, or this is how I'm going to behave. If it's on YouTube or Instagram, it's not real. Don't behave that way. Right. Be nice. Be, cor- be nice to people that you're working with. Show appreciation to what you see. And don't be afraid and don't think it's a threat to buy... Um, Give somebody else a compliment. Say, hey, you did a great job on that hair or a great job on that makeup when you're working with somebody. It really takes, yeah. it, it goes a long way. You learn something, keep your mind open. Always know that you can learn something. I've been doing this for over 20 years now. I still learn from every single person I work with that I'm around. My own assistant that I just had, she's, I trained her. However, I learned a lot from her as well. Always make sure, make, make sure you come with humility and know that you don't know it all. And as soon as you think you do, it's time for you to go away. Well, I think something people miss too is, especially as you get older, you've got to stay relevant. So someone new coming in may know something new that you don't know yet. Yeah. It's the entertainment industry. Oh, Keep learning. Exactly. Right. And if you learn from those ones, then you know that knowledge too and you st- you'll stay relevant. Exactly. Like, I know 90-year-old guys running studios that watch TikTok for inspiration. (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing. Yeah. I I don't get it, but it's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Now, for you, for people that want to do their own hair, their own makeup, their own own prep, essentially, for upcoming events because when you first get in the industry you're not you know you're 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 going out for events this is i'm responding to twitter here you're going out for these events and you're going out to your indie film premieres and you're going out to this sort of thing but you don't have partners and you don't have the clout to trade so what can you do what what can you do for your own hair and makeup that's simple and looks good so the first thing you can actually do is go talk to your stylist Ask them if you can have a place time. If you trust your stylist and design and so on, partner up with them and say, hey, this is what's going on. I need to learn how to do these, these certain styles. I do this with a lot of those clients um, where we have playtime in the salon. So they come in. I work with them as far as here's some simple ways in teaching you how to do these looks and the specific looks. So get down five or six different looks that you can easily do in practice. Work with your makeup artist, work with those things, and just go, I need a class of how to do these things. So that way you have that, um, you have that knowledge to be able to go out there, have those variety of looks, and make it look, look professional. But get a professional to teach you those tricks. That's really good advice. I never, I've never thought to do that. Um, and, and guys, I can tell you, and you can, you can ask Nathan, um, I have no idea what I'm doing with my hair and makeup. Like, none. <laughs> it's bad. He just had to fix my halo. It's it's bad. Really bad. Um, so if, if it's I pretty had, now. <laughs> it's better now, thanks. Yeah, it was all really bad um, until I went to him. <laughs> but that's if, if I'd have had that knowledge years ago, I probably wouldn't have screwed up so much. Because I have some looks on my carpets and things from when I was younger that I'm just like, ye gods, my face is orange, my hair is nappy. Like, it's bad. So that's really good advice. That's, that's, that is definitely worth, worth listening to. 
Um, what's the biggest hair disaster you've ever had to fix? That one just came in on Twitter. Um, I had um, an, a, uh, actually a Victoria's Secret model. And I get called and she said her hair was green. And I thought it okay. was just like the ash green that most people here see. So yeah. when she comes walking into the salon, I thought, oh, not a, I, I, I was assuming it was this. However, this is before the fashion colors came in. It seriously looks like she could match the green of a tree. I have no idea how they got it, how they were able to do it. it. But she had a photo shoot the next morning. And so we had to fix. It took 12 hours. Hair still was really healthy. And we had a good time with that. But that was one of the biggest ones. That's insane. Like, do how much chlorine was she in? Would be my question. No zero. She she got her hair done the day before. This was a professional color <laughs> job. They tried to tone. They tried to do something, and they tried to fix it. Oh. I have no clue how they were able to get that color green, and what they did to do so. This was such a unique. I've never seen it since then. I don't ever want to really see it again. Because it was kind of freaky, and because it, it was a splotchy, weird green. I mean, it was bright green. I, I, I don't. Huh. Naturally, she was supposed to be nice and blonde, and it was supposed to be a variety of colors of blonde. I mean, it was supposed to be like your color, uh, Summer. So, yeah, like blonde. all the different blondes. Yeah. It, yeah. No, and it's it, no, no. It was. Yeah, it's like kind of puke green. It, I no. That's awful. <laughs> like my heart, my heart breaks for her. I actually had. Um, Years ago. So my hair is always a multitude of colors of blonde because sometimes I have the halo in, sometimes I have half wigs on. Like I have to have a lot of different colors to match whatever's being stuck in. Um, but it's, it's always some shade of blonde. I had someone dye it gray. It, it turned like gray, gray. And I don't mean gray <laughs> that was in style. I mean like dead ash gray. I was absolutely hysterical. Mm. So that green, that when you said that, it just made my stomach clench. My heart broke for her. And I was, again, I was modeling for Victoria's Secret at the time. And I got on a <laughs> shoot and it was green. Someone had tried to tone it because it was too yellow. They tried to tone, they tried right. to turn the yellow out and I was gray. It was bad. Yeah. <laughs> really bad. A green though. I, how do you get green? Uh, generally yeah, blue different. and yellow. So. Blue and yellow. They must have put some blue in. Yeah. Yeah. They try to pull oh. something out. So when you're trying to take out anything that looks that's orange tones, you want to put something with the blue tones in it. And if there's too much yellow in the hair already, you'll get a green ha- green cast. Oh so my you just got to be careful of those things. That's <laughs> terrible. Now, um, before we get to the end of the strokes, I'm going to ask you more questions. Tell everyone where they can find you on social media. So either Tiny Bubble Salon on Instagram or Facebook, both. It's we're the only tiny bubble salon in the nation, which is great. Uh, you could hashtag Nathan Rickle. Uh, it's you'll I'm on all the social medias as well. Really easy. Hashtag tiny bubble salon. You'll find us as well. So pretty easy. So now I have to tell you guys, if you have an event, if you have any of that, he's a great one to go to. Um, I I had fried stuff, wrecked stuff. My hair was so bad after the last. Um, <laughs> It was bad. I went in for the last event. They cut my fringe. I, I have lupus, so I have discoloration on my forehead. The way they handled it was to cut my fringe. 
they cut it wrong. It went, it went very, very badly. Then, um, they tried to flat iron my hair. I have very fine, like baby fine curly hair. And they tried to flat iron it, burn a bunch of bits. And then I tried to fix it. Things got worse. So I do have to say thank you for saving my ass. Andy. <laughs> like, it was bad. You're welcome. Anytime, honey. You probably <laughs> know just, how to get a hold of me. <laughs> it was really bad. Um, now, we have about five minutes left of the show. I do want to ask, is there anything you want to say to everyone out there? Any advice you want to give? What do you want to say? I'm going to put you on the spot. <laughs> Uh, My advice is if you want to get into the film, fashion, any of that type of artistry, um, go for it. Have fun with it. Be kind. Be open to learning. Be humble. And find a direction that you feel the most uh, passionate about and learn your craft very, very well. Constantly learning. I find any time I've worked with people that haven't, that think that they know it all, they're boring, they are really hard to work with, and they tend to not get the work. Anyway, so um, the ones that want to work do, and those are the ones that actually are still learning and growing. And that's my advice. I agree with all of that. Uh, one more question from Twitter at the end of the show. Oh, God, I'm asking it. Uh, what do you think of the James Franco thing they were talking about? <laughs> what do you think of the James Franco sex scene school thing? Not getting out of here with me not throwing, being thrown into that conversation. Yeah, it's good to be the king, but you... <laughs> right. I think the biggest part to it is I've been on the, in the conversation. I like the fact that you guys are talking about always make sure you have a conversation. I've been in the rooms. I've been there where they haven't had conversations about Ugh. what's going to be happening and how they're going to be touching. Uh-huh. And I've been there when it hasn't as well. And it has always turned into more of a, an embarrassing thing when you don't have, when you don't have the open communication. I think James Franco, the concept of what he was trying to do was there. I think maybe he forgot to have the full honest conversation <laughs> of how this is happening. And therefore this, ha- these things happen. I think so. I don't know. Like I, I'm stuck between he's done so many weird skeezy things Maybe he pulled this as a creep, but on the flip side, having been in the film industry, that kind of class is really, I think, necessary. And they do not teach it. Like, I was with the uh, Royal Shakespeare Academy. I went to NIDA. Like, I went to all the, the classic stuff, and they do not have sex scene classes there. But and that's the thing. Awkward. I do think that they should. Shouldn't they? I mean, I, I think they should. Right. Maybe not from James Franco. He's kind of creepy. But in general, they should. Uh, right. Yeah, that needs to be really regulated. But yeah, it should. Well, I don't see it necessarily needs to say that it needs to be in practice, a practical class. It could be a class of this is how you communicate with these things and this is what to expect. So, Oh, that's a good idea. I don't necessarily say yeah. that you need to go... Oh, now we're going to practice these sex scenes. I think that might be drawing the line a little bit, and that's where people <laughs> too far, get into trouble. Too far. But, but right? you know, when in doubt, talk it out. So I like that. that right, I, right. I agree. And it looks like we're it's we're coming near the end here. We are at the end of the show, um, Nathan. We didn't get through half the questions that we were supposed to with you. Can we talk into coming back on the show again? Absolutely. You know I will. Okay. Well, I, call, I figured I cornered you on air, so that's like a verbally binding agreement. Just saying. 
Um, thank you very, very much for joining us. Guys, go check out Tiny Bubble Salon. I'm going to put Nathan's link up so you can go check him out. I'm Summer Helene. We're on with my co-host, host of the Militant Moderate, Paul Michael Ball. And this was Behind the Scenes. We'll see you next week. Good night. Thanks for checking out the show. Behind the Scenes can be heard live on the Voice America Variety Channel every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. Be sure to join Summer Helene for more Scoop next week.